the volume. All right, welcome into another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco, Alex Monaco, in my home city. Gotta be rocking a San Diego Padres shirt. We got the weather, we got the atmosphere, different background. Shout out my brother with the art behind me. Hey, we are in San Diego and a California mindset. We're bringing it on the mic. We're talking out today's show. We have to continue to talk out Dame until he finds a landing spot. You heard me last week give a wedding crasher. Shout out my guy, Paul, chopping it up. Am I interested? Am I not? Am I? He clearly has said he wants to go to Miami. Now, we're going to talk out the Portland Trailblazers side of things because does the Blazers do right by him or do they not? We'll talk that out. A couple of big talking points and a couple of teams I think could be worth a sprinkle before they get a maybe interest from Portland, all things Dame. And then we're going to talk a couple NFL teams. I see some value on the win total market. Again, you shop wherever you get the best line. I did it so you don't have to. I see some teams that are criminally undervalued, two in particular, on the market. And then I'm wrapping up with my guy, Paul. Triple P, I like to call him. We got a July 5th show. What is July 5th? It means everybody. If you did July 4th the way a lot of Americans do, you're a little hungover. So what are the top five activities on a hangover July 5th? And we'll rank them. So let's get into all things Dame here. And I'm proud of Dame because he must have saw the Moneyline Monaco podcast when I said, you got to let everybody know where you stand so that things can begin to go in motion. Well, he is standing on the Miami Heat lily pad. He does not want to waver. Here's the problem from the Miami side. Gabe Vincent's a Laker. Max Struess is a Cav. Those were two huge, valuable pieces. And again, you look at Miami's roster top to bottom, there's a couple of carbon copies as far as style players. You can make a case Duncan and Hero are similar. You can make a case Struess to some degree played a little bit of a, he played a two-way role. He's like a younger, less impactful two-way player in that 3-4 slot that could go a number of ways. But in any event, Miami has lost a couple integral pieces to uh, to debate a back and forth with the GM for the Blazers. Here's where I'm at, though. Pat Riley, we know, will pull a rabbit out of a hat. We're seeing this morning there's a few teams that are interested. I did the ESPN trade machine. I'm not here to sit and talk you blue in the face on why he should go to Miami for Hero, Duncan Robinson, Jovich, etc. That works contractually lining those two teams up, it works. I want to sit here and talk the Blazers' point of view and where can Dame go that helps both parties equally a lot more than Miami. Now, I told you, fire on the heat at 17-1 to about two weeks ago, week and a half ago. It's down to 11-1. to We did our job. You can now cash out for a profit. As I told you, this market moves without games. We nailed that to a T. They went from 17 to 1 to 11 to 1. That's off Dame rumors alone. So let's put that aside and talk out where Dame could maybe dance. The first place that I want to talk out, and it's going to sound a little bit like a homer, but I think the LA Lakers is a riveting landing spot. Here's the thing the Lakers, and I talked this out over the weekend on the herd pod, I think they still 
need to be playing this aggressively. It's LeBron's last year in purple and gold, in my in my humble opinion. AD's eyebrows only getting worse. And this team has to give LeBron one last championship push. They need a killer at a three spot. D'Angelo Russell is everything but that. D'Angelo Russell has dated around the league four times already. I don't want D'Lo on the Lakers. Everybody's talking about how deep this team is. I put it in the trade machine. This may sound non-appetizing to Laker fans. I'm a Laker fan. I wanted James Harden on the Lakers. I still think that is a very riveting one, two, three, because again, you wouldn't be asking Harden to play the one or the two. You'd be asking him to play the three. Now, where Dame fits in as far as hierarchical alpha in the LeBron AD rankings, we're not worried about that. What I'm saying is the Lakers have plenty of pieces and plenty of options. You start thinking about this Blazers team and with Sharp and Scoot, you have a real shot at putting some serviceable pieces around them and hitting the ground running if you nail this trade. If you go Miami, you're going to have to add a third team. You're hearing it from Woes. You're hearing it from Choms. You're hearing it from too many sources. They're not interested in just Duncan, Hero, and that's it. Caleb Martin seems to be off the market. So you go to the Lakers, you got options. You got Rui. You got Vanderbilt. No one wants to trade Reeves. I'm not necessarily saying it's a great look, but if you're telling a Laker fan you can have Damian Lillard and it costs on a sell-high Austin Reeves, again, I'm a gambler. I buy and sell all day. You have to ride hot hands. You have to get off them before it's too late. You mean to tell me Rui Hachimura, who was traded for a pack of Skittles in the middle of the season with the Wizards, isn't a trade-high commodity? I heard Bill Simmons and Rosillo talking it out. Simmons isn't convinced that Rui's that guy. It's too small of a sample size. I completely agree. He can make the same case in a little bit of a different way with the upside of Reeves. So you sit here, you have D'Lo to trade. You have Vanderbilt to trade. You can even flirt with Torian Prince who you just signed. How do you not continue to be aggressive when we know that the Nuggets are still the core four team to beat? We could sit here and have fun July offseason NBA talk around all these clubs. Nobody moved the needle enough to take down the Nuggets. I'm a Laker fan. I'm going to sit here and back my team till I can't no longer. I think the Lakers, again, there's a lot of Arvita Sabonis. Shaq made a grown man cry in Portland. Brian Grant, Damon Stoudemire, I'm old enough to remember those rivalries. I could see why Portland wouldn't want to trade with the Lakers. But if you can't sit here and make the case that both teams would get better, Lakers right now, Portland for the future. You start thinking about Rui, Vanderbilt, D'Lo. D'Lo would probably get traded to ship again. Maybe it's a three-team sitch. D'Lo goes to another unappetizing market. We don't care. D'Lo, literally, I talked it out till I was schwitzing. He isn't close. He's not a leader of men. He is a regular season point guard. You think he would have already went to Brooklyn and Minnesota and back to the Lakers on a Mario Kart lap if he was a closer? He isn't. And coffee's for closers. So you need to think about the idea of Dame on the Lakers. The other team I think that's worth talking about is the 76ers. I think that is a very fitting landing spot for some reason. Daryl Morey, who is a fickle lad to negotiate with, calling those and personally, we know his track record. He is of the belief of a two-star system. 
So he's not going to want to part with James Harden if he doesn't get a star in return. This sounds a little outrageous, but it really doesn't. James Harden to Portland, and you figure out how to mix and match that, and you put Dame in Philly. Now, Dame doesn't want to go anywhere but Miami. Here's another thing that's interesting. I believe Rosillo said this. How the Blazers handle the PR side of Dame should that even matter to other stars in the league? Oh, we handled this guy who's been on our team for 11 years beautifully. We coddled him. He was cozy. He was comfortable. And then we gave him what he wanted on a nice little parting gift. That's not how business works. There's winners. There's losers. There's negotiation tactics. You have to look out for yourself. So the point Rosillo was making was you can you can be accommodating a dame. It's not going to move the needle for future stars coming to Portland. You might as well be aggressive. So again, I sat here last week and said, Dame to Miami's the fit. We bet on it. We've cast it out for a profit. If Dame isn't budging and there's no third team suitor, and I do believe there will be, but we're playing hypothetical here. You have to consider the Sixers. Dame could do a sign and trade Portland and Harden. You could do a three team, send Harden elsewhere, you could start getting Maxi in the mix. I mean, there's a couple of interesting pieces. So for me, I think because it's an East-West thing, because MB deserves a star to rock with, and Tobias Harris is clearly all over the rumor mill, one of the worst contracts I've ever seen. Probably the most overpaid player in the league, top five, Tobias Harris. In any event, I digress. I think the Sixers, you have to consider. And if he did go there, you could probably beat the market because I believe the market would move. The Lakers at 14-1 to 1 right now would absolutely move as well. I've already locked up a couple of futures. I'm on the Lakers and the Warriors in the West. I'm on the Heat, and I'm on a, on a Willy Wonka chocolate factory golden ticket for the Knicks. So those are two teams, I think. And then really stretching it a third, you could sit there, you can go Clippers, but I just don't see... The Blazers figuring out the Clippers have been on the chopping block here in the rumor mill for quite some time. So I feel that if it isn't the Heat, you have to entertain Philly because of the assets. And the Lakers is the last team that Portland wants to trade. But you mean to tell me as a Laker fan? Because nobody bought my James Harden nibble. I still think it's a riveting thought. James and James. The two best beards in the game together as one. Two top five passers when they're running downhill. It is what it is. You do the same sitch with Dame. I would trade Austin Reeves for Dame Lillard. You're not going to trade Austin Reeves for Dame Lillard. We got to step outside for a walk and talk, my buddy. That is a ridiculous, asinine thought. Reeves, sell high. What happened with Duncan Robinson? Not necessarily the same style player, but Duncan Robinson got hot, got paid, and did nothing. What is he, a 2K81? It's worth a thought. Let's turn the page. And let's get into the NFL. To me, I think there is enough value on the market. Now, there's been a lot, lot of movement, particularly in a couple of these divisions with quarterback carouseling. And there's one team that I want to talk out in particular that I think is criminally undervalued. And it is a team that finished third and seven and 10. And we almost forget that, believe it or not, this club has a top 10 company culture, and you got to shout out Sean Payton for it. I think the New Orleans Saints with baby, you can drive my C-A-R-R, Derek Carr, is a absolute must fire. You don't even have a choice. You can go Bryce Young. You could take a Christmas gift flyer 
It ain't going to be the Falcons. It's certainly not going to be the progressive Baker Mayfield Bucks. They might be a bottom five team in the league, 32nd in the league in rushing that Baker Mayfield inherits. Tommy Brady kept that whole house together. It's going to be worse than him and Giselle's divorce. But back to the Saints, nine and a half wins, and you can get plus money on it. This is a 10 and seven club that cashes this ticket. Their offense last year was a complete catastrophe. Injuries galore. Michael Thomas doesn't seem like he's played football in two seasons. Kamara seemingly had a little bit of back and forth, staying on the field, a little bit of off the field-ish, and they had turnover. I mean, as a San Diego Charger fan in recovery, I liked this team. I rooted for this team, and I know this team relatively well because of Drew Brees. You pay attention. All the Chargers that came and went that they didn't win with that went on to win champions, I I could write a book about. Drew Brees is one of them. The company culture and the Sean Payton, Drew Brees, leader of men locker room that they built, I believe, is still there. You split time with Andy Dalton, Taysom Hill, and Jameis, who couldn't stay healthy last year. There was no continuity at quarterback. What has this team had? the last three to five seasons, a serviceable top 10 defense in a couple of key categories. Matter of fact, two years back, they were a top three, if I'm not mistaken, points per game defense. They have hovered with the leadership of a couple of key guys on that defense and stayed in games and stayed in the running because they have a, to me, couple of key pillars to lean on and it's accountability. And I think Dennis Allen, he he hasn't really gotten His guy, Derek Carr, is a pro bowler. Derek Carr has been an MVP candidate in this league multiple times. Now, you take that and you couple it with the scheduling here, playing the NFC North and the AFC South, the worst division in football, I might be able to go on to an AFC South team, catch three balls for 27 yards. This AFC South is unwatchable. You have to look at the numbers. This team was top 10, top nine in points against last year. You bring in a guy. Let's get Colin here for a second. Talks about dysfunction, and he talks about certain franchises with low self-esteem, et cetera. Although the Raiders have a decorated history, Derek Carr was holding that whole thing together. Think about what Derek Carr has gone through as a human being. He played on an Oakland A's infield for several seasons in Oakland. Then he had to go deal with a transfer to Vegas, deal with that whole PR, not to mention the dysfunction of the infrastructure of the Raiders. This night. Teen things he had to focus on, like Steve Martin and Cheaper by the Dozen. He's got 12 kids. Who's eating this sandwich? Who's going to there? Who's got to ride to soccer practice? All of these things that Derek Carr had to pay attention to and deal with off the field in Oakland and Las Vegas, he has to deal with none of it in New Orleans. Secondarily, a team that lost two games to the Panthers, two games to the Bucks. Those are sweeps this season. They will split with Carolina, maybe. They will mop the floor with the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Tampa Bay Bucks, hate to say it, but love to say it, are a Pirates of the Caribbean lost cause. Their ship is cooked just like the Raiders. But Derek Carr, albeit a guy that has been erratic at times, I like that he takes chances to make it about life. He doesn't play it not to lose. I think he's an excellent leader. Now he goes to a team where he can settle. Now he goes to a team with a real defense. And he goes to a team with Chris Olave, with Michael Thomas, if he can stay healthy, 
with Kamara. Let's not act like this team doesn't have pieces. Do you see what the fantasy football numbers of Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams last year? Josh Jacobs led the league in scrimmage yards. That's because of Derek Carr's ability to keep defenses in check. I can go on and on and on. The Saints are an absolute must-fire. If you don't believe in them, wait a month in the season, and it's going to be too little too late. The market will move on this team immediately. Nine and a half is flat-out disrespectful for playing the North with a Brett Favre, Aaron rodgers Packers team. And we'll get into it right now. A couple of clubs that I'm not as high on as you would think. Now, let's get into the NFC North. I want to talk out the Chicago Bears team. There's a reason why there's seven and a half wins on the market right now at around minus 130, depending where you shop. You can make a case they had the best offseason in the entire NFL. Outside of Jets mania, Aaron Rodgers, discount double checking all around Broadway and Madison Square Garden, you can make a case that the Chicago Bears have the most exciting offseason. We know about the big money investments in the free agency, the TJ Edwards, the Tremaine Edmonds, the Demarcus Walkers. They add in. They had a safety, for goodness sake, that was the sack leader, Jaquan Brisker, with four. That was the leader in sacks, a safety. Now, it was a frustrating off, or frustrating season, the Roquan Smith-ish the 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 lack of weapons, the lack of continuity on offense. David Montgomery is gone. They got a couple of new pieces. DJ Moore being number one, which they turned and fleeced a number one pick into DJ Moore and a number 10 pick in Darnell Wright. They actually have had a very serviceable offseason, but it's twofold to me. This is a team that couldn't have gotten worse. Now, this division is actually unwatchable when it comes to defense. Three of these four clubs. The Lions were bottom five. The Vikings were only in the playoffs because of how prolific their offense was. Their defense, I mean, you go back and look, they gave up just as many points as they scored. They were they were undefeated in one-score games. Guess who was the opposite? The Costanza opposite in the same regard. The Chicago Bears lost eight ball games last year by one score. Winless in the NFC North. Two elements that simply will not happen again. You're going to get much more support on the defense. You're going to watch Mr. Justin Fields, who I believe may win an MVP in this league. I genuinely believe it. And to me, the NFL is all about getting to the team that's going to make that Jacksonville Jaguar leap before they do it, before it's too late. Because the market, like you'll, you'll see when I'm correct about the New Orleans Saints, they will jump to the favorite and they will jump to 10 and a half wins in a cup of coffee, a cup of New York coffee, as soon as they come out the gate, two and one, three and one. Mark my words. But to look at the Bears system and to look at the dysfunction that they've had, the lack of leadership, the 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 entire Chicago Bears MO has been defense. Their defense last year, opponents points per game, they gave up 27, 32nd rank. So they hit on a couple of key points in the offseason. You haven't seen them spend money like that in a very long time. And to the credit of Justin Fields, he only had six interceptions over the last nine games of the Bears season. That, to me, is year two progress. That, to me, is a step in the right direction. We know he has the athleticism. We know he has the leadership capabilities. We know he's dual threat. 
what's the next phase in the Pokemon Charmeleon to Charizard, uh, whatever Charmander, Charmeleon? How do you how do you work up to a hieroglyphic quarterback in this league? You take care of the football, you become clutch down the stretch, and you make plays. Justin Fields to me has demonstrated clutch and making plays already. The fact that he only turned the ball over, you know, Dak Prescott led the league over 15 interceptions last year. He's taking better care of the football than a guy who the market and a few sharps I follow have winning the Super Bowl next year in the NFC and the Cowboys. So 20-year anniversary, 99th year in the stadium. I like that for a little science guy moment. There's turnover in the division. Again, I don't trust the Lions and the Vikings defense as much as I don't trust me figuring out a way to hop back on FanDuel in California where I can't log on. It's going to happen. Those defenses are going to be susceptible. There's going to have to be a lot that those teams do on the other side of the football to balance out the prolific season Cousins had. Yeah, I said it. And the incredible season that Jared Goff had. But I think seven and a half wins is disrespectful. Remind yourself, eight games by one margin. They were the polar opposite of the Vikings. They're going to get eight wins. And I'm going to convince myself to sprinkle on them to win the division by the end of the year, uh, by the end of the summer, rather, because I think it's worth a thought. And last but certainly not least, and I'll go quicker here, I think the New York football giants, who again are being swept under the New York football rug for the first time since Broadway Joe, because Aaron Rodgers is in town, they're going to have less pressure on them. They otherwise shouldn't have because they paid Daniel and they haven't paid Saquon yet. But they are going to have less pressure because of the Jets. All They share a stadium, too. All the pressure in the world and the focus is going to be on the Jets. I'm not saying that the Giants don't have NFC East normal year-to-year pressure. Of course they do. This team was 13-4 and against the spread last year. You want to talk about beating the betting market? Number one road cover. Seven out of eight or seven and one. Seven and one as a cover on the road and 13 and four in this league against the spread. What does that tell you? It tells you that Vegas just sometimes gets it wrong. They got the Giants wrong last year. I think we're undervaluing Brian Dable. I think he's a already top five coach in this league. They had the fifth best red zone touchdown percentage last year. They were second fewest in turnovers. They averaged less than one turnover a game. Danny looks like Woody from Toy Story Dimes. Earned himself generational wealth with 15 touchdowns and five mistakes. That is because he worked the system. This is not a prolific athlete, although he can run the rock. He is not an all-world Justin Herbert talent. They have to coach him up and play situational football to win, and I believe they're going to do it again. An eight and nine season for the Giants, and we cash a plus money ticket. Danny Dimes had a career high in yards, completion percentage, and QBR and a career low in INTs and fumbles. How about seven rushing tugs over 700 on the ground? Look, this team drafted well, Kayvon Thibodeau. I think to me, adding in a Darren Waller, who by the way, when he's healthy, let's not forget in 2021, 2022, excuse me, before those two seasons when he got hurt, guy had 90 receptions and 107 receptions in 2019 and 2020. He is a serviceable 
Evan Ingram, huge upgrade from two seasons ago. Evan Ingram doing what he never did in New York Blue. But the point is, this team is not going to do it on talent. They're going to do it on scheme, strategy, coaching everybody up. And albeit, this defense is not talented. I like the Banks drafting round one. I like Bobby, the pickup at linebacker. Also, looking at last year, this team, from a time of possession, win the turnover battle, and run the football and convert in the red zone standpoint. Again, I told you, second least turnovers, fifth best red zone touchdown percentage. That is how you win in this league. You can either be great at quarterback and great at coaching, Andy Reid, Patty Mahomes. You can have an unbelievable Baltimore Ravens, San Francisco 49ers company culture, great defense, uh, serviceable quarterback. Of course, Lamar is a lot different than the quarterbacks in, in San Fran, but you get what I'm saying. Or you have to have a top tier system. We are looking at a Brian Dable lad. Go look at the Josh Allen pre and post Dable numbers. Josh Allen had one of the worst years of not taking care of the football, and Daniel Jones had one of the best. It's how you win in this league. I'm not saying the Giants are going to the division. I'm not saying the Giants are going to go to the playoffs. I'm all I'm saying that the Giants are getting eight wins, and they're in the significantly weaker conference. So I think Dame to the Lakers is appetizing. I think it should be considered. I think Dame and Harden as a trade is something worth thinking out. And I believe that the Giants, the Bears, and the Saints are all hammering their over on win totals. I may even parlay that. Let's bring in my guy, Paul, because it's July 5th. And what are we on July 5th if we did America America celebratory things right yesterday, Paul? We're a little hard over. A little bit. A little bit, right? <laughs> so, well, tee, tee, tee us up for us, baby. What are we talking? All right, so last week, obviously, we did the 4th of July events. We ranked those set lines today. Hangover activities, Monaco. I know I know you're an expert. We could go back to your 20s, and you could list off a bunch of activities. Well, here's the thing. I want you because you're in your 20s. I'm in my early 30s now, so we're in a different – I'm on the back nine as far as, <laughs> as, as hangovers go. I'm at, I'm at least on hole 10. I've at least hit the turn. You, my friend, are in your absolute prime. You can do NBA back-to-backs, no problem. Maybe. I feel like I'm on the 14th, but <laughs> – but, uh, <laughs> Not in college anymore, but all right. Hangover activities. So I ha I know your top five activities, but I'm going to give them to you and set a line. I have no idea what your order is going to be. Okay. okay we'll start okay. off binging a TV show in your pajamas. Well, first off, I don't wear pajamas, but the reality is a lot of people do. And if I did, I'd probably go Padres top to bottom. But on a day, look, I'm a New Yorker now in Southern California. It's almost disrespectful to mother nature to stay inside on a July summer day. But at the same time, when you're hung over, I mean, we've seen Galifianakis. We, we've seen toothless homeboy <laughs> and hangover. I mean, it can get ugly. I, to me, from a line standpoint, staying in binging, I don't know that it's the favorite. I think it's up there. I'm going to go plus 160 here. Staying in, watching Succession, Binging White Lotus. I don't know. I mean, I'm a curb Seinfeld entourage guy, but I could binge that on a July 5th, no problem. Plus 160. It's probably what I'm putting down. I'm sorry, real quick. What, what do you mean you don't wear pajamas? I mean, I'm just a boxer's nothing else guy. That's it for me. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no onesie set. We're not Will Ferrell from Step Brothers. There's no bunk, <laughs> bunk bed, fist bumping. I'm, 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 
I'm just not a, I'm not a, I'm not a P are you a PJs guy? Oh, I lounge pajama pants. Phenomenal. You should invest in a pair, but uh, I'm okay. I'm okay with the boxers. I'm okay. I run them. hot. I run Costanza hot. So for me to wear, drape myself in long sleeve velvet, just, you don't see that for me every day. But I mean, look, I, I still love the thought of lounging, lamping and watching a series. I'll put it at plus 160. Plus 160. Okay. How about a little hair of the dog? Go back to the bottle for a, uh, for a cure. You know, as a Southern California kid, I'll keep it PG-13. Uh, that's not my favorite way to get out of the hangover. I'm a very natural. I don't want to take ibuprofen or an Advil. Even if I pop my shoulder out when I pop, put my sports coat on wrong, I still won't take that medicine. So in lieu of that thinking, give me a Crystal Geyser one gallon before I go with a Bloody Mary. I don't even like Bloody Marys or an I a San Diego Stone IPA and pack on a little freshman 15 in the midsection I really don't need. I like it because I think strategically, look, if you're at a bachelor party, you're at a wedding and you had a big Friday night before the Saturday, hair on the dog's appropriate. I'm not a drink through my hangover guy. I'm going to hit the sauna, San Diego, sweat it out. I got to put that at plus 260 here. I think I'm going to upset a lot of people. I think old school old school drinkers are, are saying that's the best trick in the game. I don't know. Are you a hair on, hair, hair, uh, on the dog oh, guy? Oh, God, no. God, no. No, no, yeah. no. If I wake up, the, the last thing in the world I want. I, I, will, I won't be touching alcohol. alcohol today. Yeah, I'm not touching alcohol today. No, usually it's just a miserable day where I, I, just, <laughs> try and get, I just try and get through it. All right, how about this? How about a cold shower or a cold plunge? So that's interesting. I've been trying to do that. I don't know if you're you're in uh, this. Obviously, everyone who's on TikTok has seen these people with the breathing techniques, the Wim Hof hop and the cold plunge. Apparently, it does wonders. Now, I'm SoCal soft. So for me to sit there in a absolutely Austin Powers chronologically frozen situation voluntarily, I don't I don't see it for me. Um, I do think health wise it is minus 380 on this list but as far as what i would do or what i think the general public would settle with i mean that might be the biggest biggest underdog here i might go plus 300 here three to one i'm, I'm throwing i'm throwing look you're a shower you tell your shower guy right shower it off but what how, i do you, shower are you hot showers or cold showers it's two completely different ways to shower off a hangover Oh, I, I think a cold shower is is good for you, but I would never take it. That's cold what I'm saying. It, it's no desire. We, we're in lockstep there, but I just can't do. I'm not. I'm not drinking after I'm hungover. I'm not voluntarily freezing myself for for health benefits in my seventies. It might it might help. Like Brussels sprouts are good for you, but you go to the chocolate cake, right? You're not you're not you're not always doing the thing that's best for you. <laughs> I'm half Italian. I gotta live, baby. It's my time to live. All right, how about this? This this is a big one. A lot of people talk about this. Eating greasy foods. Oh, look. I've saved my in and out run here specifically for July 5th. I'm getting <laughs> done with a show. I'm having in and out for lunch. You have in and out for lunch, consider it a, a, a European siesta. You're not getting through your afternoon if you have in and out with animal style fries. But I, that to me, I, that's the top of the list. That is something I do all the time. A greasy burger. Uh, mm -hmm. A California burrito. I mean, that's my, I mean, I think that might be minus 190. I think that's the Ooh. same line as the Cowboys making the playoffs here, which is again, a disrespectful line. I got to go minus 190 here. Where are you on a greasy burger or a burrito here on a hangover day? 
I, I would put it up there as well because food for me, that's that's what helps me more than anything. The problem is I just can't get myself to eat on hangover days. For I, I just can't get, get off it. the couch. I'm, I'm just dead on the couch. But once I eat, I feel way better. So I, I like this line. I, I, I think that is the general consensus. Most people, you don't have to go do an activity. You can Grubhub Uber Eats it. Mm-hmm. You can pick a couple of options here. Let's not act like we don't, we don't, we have to go burger. We have to go burrito. You can get real, you can get real roll up the sleeves with it and creative. I I've also heard, I haven't done the research, but I'll take people's word for it. Actually is good for the body. Is that, is that somewhat true? Have you heard greasy food is somewhat. I have heard that it's, hangover? it's the best I don't know. to help you get over the hangover, but I imagine that most people just use that as, as an excuse. <laughs> That's what I, yeah. I did hear though, that it helps you recover. Yeah, but like I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe jelly sandwich or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll. we'll I'll, I'll do a little reconnaissance. I'll see why it is. But yeah, I mean, if it's if it's somewhat yeah, healthy, you giving me a a, a Disneyland yeah. fast pass for one day with a, a guilt free burger, I'll take it all day. I got Jewish oh, and Catholic exactly. guilt, Paul. I got a lot of guilt over here. Exactly. You you don't need you don't need to find a reason to <laughs> to to not get have a burger and fries. That's that's a, a good good reason. All Darn. right, last one for you, and this one's kind of a, a little niche. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, watching that movie. Because I know we're talking about TV series before. We're no, not no, talking no. Movies so, in general. So, specifically real, Ferris Bueller. No. So, I meant a Ferris Bueller type day off. Oh, my God. That, so, that so I didn't crazy. mean the movie. So, I meant you go the Costanza opposite and you say, I'm not mailing it in. I'm living and I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm taking out Cameron's convertible with him. I'm getting my girlfriend out of class. We're going on a joyride. I'm doing this, that, the other. Those are the Spicoli, you, me, and Dupree zest for life energies oh that God. don't let a hangover day slow their roll. So, albeit I've done it, I do have the no caffeine, hair stays up naturally kind of energy. I'm going to say it's not the favorite. I still think the greasy food's the lazy, easy way out. I think a lot of people would choose the pajama binge day. I'll put it at minus 150. I'm putting it at minus 150 because it, oh my God. Forces you, it forces you to not mail it in, Paul. And you're, you're, you're essentially letting the mind train the body. And that's a conversation for another day. But, you know, the greatest athletes in the world allow the mind control to help their body get through it. So you go all in on that Mayweather, Ali, Brady mindset. You're having yourself a day. Are you a Ferris Bueller day off hangover guy? <laughs> I love I love the David Goggins mindset here, but this is so unfathomable to me that I actually thought you meant just watch the movie. No, I, I, love, I love that you oh. thought that because that, I mean, look, that is a great, that is a great easy watch, but if no, I anyone. meant, I meant, <laughs> I meant feet to the pavement, baby. We are living no day team, no Belichick days off, hangover or not. I'm, I'm, I'm in for it. I if anyone I'm, touches that at minus one fifty, it is the worst bet in the history of betting. Oh, I love it. I love it. Look, <laughs> I'm just saying that if you're in Vegas, if you again back to a, a group, a group party, a group uh, adventure vacation, you have to get on your Ferris Bueller. So it can be done. You know, if you're, if you're lamped at the crib, you're not going to, it can be it, done, but it, it can, can be, be done. done. It's got to make the list. It's got to make the list. All right. So let's see what you got here. You have eating greasy food minus minus one ninety. Yep. Ferris Bueller's day off kind of a day minus minus one fifty. 
Yeah. Binging a TV show in pajamas plus 160. Yeah. Hair of the dog plus 260 and cold yeah. shower plus 300. We got We There's got a some clear winner. There's a clear winner to me. Who is your you winner? Have hair of the dog and cold shower off my board. Good good numbers off the board. I mean, I put I don't know if those are two like Texans are beating, you know, the Jags on the road type dog. I don't know if that's too big of a dog there. I just again, I'm doing it a little selfishly and then also thinking what the general public is. I appreciate you giving for, me a for little... the right person. Great numbers, but not me. <laughs> Ferris Bueller's day off again. I told you no way. So eating greasy food, binging TV shows. I love the binging TV shows. Plus 160, not moving, recovering. I think that's a great number right there. Look, that's a win for you. It's a win for me. Yep. And you can you, you can get crazy. You can parlay greasy food with the binge watching. Now you <laughs> oh, are great. summer yep. of George there it living, is. baby. There it is. That's what we end on. Beautiful. Be now, now we're helping people. Anyone gets to the end of the episode, we may have helped people organize their hangover day. I think this is a valuable way to close up shop here. Triple P, baby. Paul, producer parlay Paul, baby. I love it. So you're going, you're going with, you're going with the plus, the plus money here. Yep. yep, that's it. You're the hero people need today, Monica. Hey, appreciate you, everyone. Make sure all things money line, Monaco. All things volume sports. Check out everything YouTube, volume bets as well. Wherever you get your pods for Paul, for myself. Don't forget to hug your mothers. Enjoy your hangover. July fifth. We'll see you next show. volume.